Euclid, Annapolis Center, do you have any test operation in restricted area 2508? Area 31, Roger. Traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some non-ballistic motion, over. Roger, Aries 31, continue to send at your discretion, over. Okay, Center. The traffic is approaching head-on, ultra-right, and really moving. They're right by us, right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. If I say gummy during the show, you'll know why. <laughs> well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. First, let me introduce the members of the gang. we got a big gang tonight. The girls get ready. Get your uh, big box of Kleenex, your big box of wipes. Sit yourself down, fan yourself. You squeegee in your loo because the very famous Juan Juan is here, Sir Juan Juan. Hey, Mac. Hey, girls. Ladies and gentlemen, all ships at sea, welcome to the show. Glad to be here and glad to be anywhere at this point. Mm-hmm. You're here How are you? Here. How's things over in London, over in England? Every, everything is just ducky here in London. Ducky. Uh, we we uh, survived the two-day heat wave mm-hmm. where it was uh, 41 degrees C. I guess it was a record. It's about 104 mm. at some places. And there's not uh, a lot of air conditioning. I don't know if it quite hit 104 Fahrenheit, but it's it was pretty close to it. Not a lot of air conditioning over there? You know, it's funny. You don't you see it in some restaurants, for <laughs> sure, but you don't see it in people's homes. I don't know. It's not a thing here. Wow. It should yeah, be. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Anyway, talking about weird, uh, sorry, Milfs, Gills, and Gigi Gills. No Coco tonight. He's out saving the world, but he's going to be joining us in a couple of weeks. Got a long email from him today. But... Uh, Did you understand the email you no, got from him? of course not. I'm going to send it to you. Be decoded. <laughs> uh, but uh, going sideways on the totem pole, uh, National Correspondent, Switchblade Steve Wood down there in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Switchy. It's great to be here tonight. Is it? Yes, Switchy, it is. is it almost heaven, West Virginia? Uh, it's almost heaven, West by God, Virginia. Yeah, come on. Oh. Get it right. Oh. Okay. Switch. Thanks for correcting me. We'll get back to you. Uh, also joining us from Ireland, calling from a, also across the puddles, our security chief, Willie Club. Willie. Hi, Mac. Hi, folks. Sounds How's good. everything going? Hey, good, good to see you, Club. Hey, good. Club. Yeah. I can almost yeah, reach I out and wanted, touch you. We're so close. Yes. I wanted to follow up, Juan, on what you were talking about. You know, we've got the same thing in Ireland. We didn't get the same heat wave you got, but we got in the, uh, we hit 91, 91 in Dublin one day, and I thought everyone was going to pass out. Yes. But they don't have any air conditioning because they never get this weather. Right. But we made sure every hotel we stay at has air conditioning. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Air conditioning, what a concept. Yeah. <laughs> just just reaching Islanders. Uh, yeah. Also with us is uh, our favorite good witch up there in Sideways. Niag Raven is with us, Raven. How are you tonight? Hi, my friends. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Everything okay with you? It's it's all good here. All good in the hood. Good. All okay. Good. All right. All the snow melted up there. For now, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, so. I'm waiting for it any day now. Okay. Yeah, don't say it. It's going to be soon. You know that. Yep. 
Also joining us tonight is, and we're going to give her a round of applause, is the mysterious Ashley G. Please, everyone. Everyone. Hello, Ashley. How are you tonight? Hello, Ashley. I'm great. Hope everyone else is doing good. So far, so good. We're doing great. All right. I'm sorry. I left out um, two important cogs on the machine. I'm sorry. You're up there in the window. I can barely see you. Very famous, also joining us, very famous author, Mark Zapula, is with us. Mark. Oh, MC. Mark. You okay? Yeah, good to see everybody. Okay. <laughs> How is everyone, by the way? Everyone's good. We're good. Right now. Yeah. Also with him, is uh, he brought with him, is uh, the Black Eyed Kid is with us tonight. Kid, how you doing? Yay. <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Are you eating your candies? <laughs> I give them out more, <laughs> mostly. Interesting. Okay. So... Um, we're all here, and we're, uh, what we're going to be talking about tonight is a bunch of subjects, but uh, one of the things we're going to talk about tonight is our scariest movies. It started off as the 10 scariest movies, top 10, but um, we're just going to talk about our own personal scary movies. I think a lot of them are going to be the same, but, you know, we'll see. And then coming up later on, we're going to be talking to um, uh, <laughs> my tax guy, Jason Hewlett, is uh, calling in. He has a new book out on uh, Raven. What is it about? Is it uh, um, Bigfoot up where he lives or something? No, oh. uh, Dying Light. Oh, that's um, right. So it's near death experiences. Oh, good. That won't suck the energy out of the room. That's good. Really? That's what it's about? Yeah, it'll be great leading up to what I have to talk about, which also might suck the energy out of the room. Oh, what? The black telephone? Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's see. We'll find out. So, uh, and also. Well, what about near death Bigfoot experiences? There you go. Put them together. Good thinking there, Switchy. And then Switch is going to be uh, doing a story, uh, uh, going to uh, do part two of the scare ships, different weird UFOs that were seen before World War II. Scare ships, the ghost rockets, and the ghost planes. Right, Switch? Yes, yes. I don't. I don't have a lot on the ghost rockets at this juncture. Yes, but I have some some more on the uh, scare ships and the uh, ghost flyers or the ghost planes. Ghost planes. The uh, scare ships. Nineteen oh nine. Big, huge Zeppelin-looking things were flying over England about four or five years before Zeppelins really became a thing. No one knows where they came from. Uh, Nineteen thirty-one or so. All of the really isolated parts of Scandinavia, really, really up near the Arctic Circle. People saw these weird airplanes. Eight engines on them, pontoons, as if they you know, landed at sea, but there was no ocean around for hundreds of miles. They did very strange the, things. You know, Mac, it was the, the, the uh, ghost planes were almost creepier than if they had been classic flying saucers Yes, yeah. because of the description. It's like, where the heck did these things come from? Right. But we'll get into that later. All right. And they used to do, they used to fly around for hours in blizzards, and they were, people saw them in flying for long, much longer than like the fuel in a typical airplane would run out. And then after the war in 1946, after the war, uh, they saw the ghost rockets, which looked very much like Monday um, cruise missiles. But they could maneuver, even back in mm-hmm. the mid-40s. Yeah, right, right. And they used to disappear. They'd go, they, it was crazy. But people saw them fall into lakes in Sweden, and they'd send skin divers down, and there'd be nothing there. Yet they had you know, dozens of witnesses seeing them going in the water. So, you know, who knows? But anyway, we'll be talking about them uh, later on. And then... Um, you know, who knows what else. But why don't we do this? Why don't we take a quick break now, and we'll be right back with more fun. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. There's a monster in Tokyo Bay, hundreds of feet tall and breathing fire. It's able to destroy whole cities, sink entire battle fleets, and knock swarms of jet fighters from the sky. But there's another even more dangerous resident of the bay. 
a secretive psychopath intent on covering the planet with nuclear-armed booby traps unless the world's population bends to their demands. Meanwhile, a mysterious group of reborn medieval warriors has taken to the air. Strange signals are being picked up from outer space, and witnesses report seeing hundreds of ghost planes flying in the night skies over Tokyo. Sailing off the coast of Japan aboard the United American Navy's mega aircraft carrier, the USS USA, it's Hawk Hunter, the wingman. He must investigate these unusual occurrences while trying to thwart the criminal's apoleptic plan. But will his actions save the planet or lead to World War IV? Find out in Macaloni's exciting new novel, The Jericho Storm. Filled with dozens of dogfights, sea battles, and brutal hand-to-hand -hand combat, The Jericho Storm is book 21 in Mac's best-selling Wingman series. Team up with Hawk's longtime allies, as well as a few new ones, including fighter pilots Switchblade Steve Ward and Jocko Johnson. That's Wingman 21, The Jericho Storm. On sale now at your local bookstore and on Amazon. Welcome to Mac Maloney's Most Tracks Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney along with the show. We have for you tonight very quickly. The big gang here, uh, girls, very famous Juan Juan is here. Hello, Mac. Hello, everybody. Welcome no, to the show. No Coco tonight, but Switchblade Steve is with us. Switchy. Switchy. I am beyond wonderful. Okay. Wow. Sounds just like <laughs> 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 What you have for breakfast today, Switch? Um Donuts and coffee. It's in coffee. Also with us is our security chief, Willie Club, over there calling in from Ireland. Willie, how are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm doing great. It's great to be with you guys. Is it true that in Irish bars they don't have mixed drinks? It's all just either shots and beer? Or do they do mixed drinks over there? Oh, they, they do it all. Oh, they do, they it, do all. it all. Why doesn't that surprise yeah, me? Yeah. Yes. Okay, interesting. Uh, also joining us is uh, famous author Mike Zapola, MZ. Hello, Mac. It's good to be here. It's good to see everyone again. Mm -hmm. What are you working on these days? Just when I'm you working want, on something. Just really, what you really want to hear. <laughs> With someone back. Uh, we're working on something. Mm -hmm. Secret project. Thank also you, with yeah. him is uh, the Black Eyed Kid is visiting us tonight. Kid, how you doing? I'm doing great. Mm -hmm. Hi, everybody. Yes. You're in the, what, the third grade, right? At this time. Okay. Well, we should explain the black-eyed kids are this thing that a lot of them in Europe, but some of them in the United States were there. They come to your door, and they're little kids with black eyes, and they they always have some kind of um, you know story that you know they lost their parents or something happened. If you let them in your house, they kill you and eat you, right? Isn't that the short version of the black-eyed yes, kids? Yes, I want to simplify what I do. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Apparently, they're always hungry. What's up with that? Well, you know, he's a growing Edible. boy. Edibles, yes, is a word again. So anyway, if listen. Gave, if you gave them a happy meal, would they go away or what? We'll see. We'll find out. There's a McDonald's right down the street. Uh, so tonight we have a uh, top ten list that we've been bouncing around for the past three or four weeks, and we figured tonight is the best time to do it. I'm hoping Switch joins us uh, soon. But anyway, uh, Raven, what is the topic of the top ten list? Um, I'm so sorry you caught me off guard. Nice. I didn't think I was reading this one. Um, <laughs> the topic is... Ba, 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 ba. 
something uh, related to me, I believe. <laughs> Top 10 reasons why Raven gets mad at Mac. Yes. <laughs> That's correct. And of course, my email is uh, 10? acting up. I had to edit <laughs> so them I down. Well, edit. Yeah. Hey, Mac. Yes. Well, well, Raven's going through that. Yes. Let me help her out. Uh-oh. I wanted to mention a top 10 list that I uh, found out about why yes. Club went to Ireland. <laughs> okay, I don't know. That might be fake news. We don't know. Well, I'm going to tell you, we were in Dublin last week, and my 18-year-old grandson, Michael, brought up a web, one of his podcasts, and what was it? The show talking about Club in um, Ireland. Really? Why yes. I went. Okay. And I... Can have I, I'll take a minute while she's getting together there, but Go I got a bone to pick with some of those. But I'll I'll just cover a couple of quick ones. Sure. First of all, it is true. One of the reasons I'm here because I wanted to see Juan Juan, but I wasn't going to swim over. I was going to find another way, but it's too damn hot. Too hot. Too hot to go see Juan Juan. Yes. Okay. That and makes uh, sense. The, the, and, and of course, one of the reasons I'm I'm always thinking of switch. And I did hear that there was some kind of an ancient hair-growing thing that uh, might help them. Ooh. But I, I got to no. tell you, Switch, um, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, according to this remedy, you have to be uh, a lot younger than you are. Oh. So, unfortunately, wow. it's, it's too late for you. Wow. But younger than 38? Kicking them when he's yeah. down. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Just keep sticking that thing on your head for now because there'll be something coming along. Wow. The last one crawled away. <laughs> but but anyways, I just wanted to tell you the favorite of my family as we were sitting here listening to this was that I'm here because the leprechaun owes me money. <laughs> and they know that I'm big on that kind of stuff. Yeah, but that's for funny. me, uh, let me just say the reason that uh, uh, the real reason I'm here is because I want to get away from the top ten. Yes, and right. It looks like I can't avoid it. Yeah, well, now it's back. That's ironic. So unavoidable. Wow. So top ten, uh, top ten reasons that Raven gets mad at Mac. Right, Raven. Yes, well, we I have it now. Start oh, the apologize. music. Stop, stop the music, please. Number ten. Number ten. Uh, after you've said no bun, no fun a million times, it stops being funny. Yes. That that never is not funny. <laughs> That's to me. a good one. Okay. Yeah, number it's nine. all right. Number nine. So who sits? Number, <laughs> number nine. Mac dumps way too much on on Lonely Larry, who just happens to be the happiest, most caring, most generous person in the whole wide world. Yes. No, it's not from that look in her face. Says no. Lonely Larry's all her right. father. <laughs> Next, please. Number eight. <laughs> My dog's name is Scotch. Not scotch and water, not scotch and soda, and certainly not scotch and coke. I like scotch. <laughs> okay, wow. Oh, okay. Inside, go uh, ahead. Sounds angry on that yeah, one. No, yeah, no, something. Yeah. Wicked. Number seven. Uh, felt bad for Switchy after Max secretly encouraged Club to make fun of his hair system. We can see that once again. That's a rumor. Top ten reasons Raven gets mad at Mac, please. Number six, uh, I feel strongly that Mac's Boston accent opened a portal to hell in my basement. <laughs> it's there for some reason, right? I believe that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, number uh, whatever. Uh, five. Uh, look, the cat clock is down, it's in the box, and it's never getting fixed. Okay? Deal with it. Yeah, yeah Jocko sends me emails. That's 100% true. It's never getting fixed. He sends me emails. How's her, How's her a cat clock? Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Miracle of uh, editing. 
<laughs> number four. Oh gosh. I like what I like Quentin Tarantino and I feel uncomfortable in a workplace environment that doesn't allow me the freedom to say that openly. Little <laughs> <laughs> inside. Mean, you're raven. entitled to your own wrong That's opinion, right. Mac. That's it's, right. It's okay. It's okay. That's right. <laughs> Next. Uh three. Uh Popeye, Navy. Boring. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of emails with that vibe in them that people are fed up with the whole. Was he in the Navy? Was he in the Coast Guard? Coco being the head of that gang. So, anyway, okay. All right. Boring. We hear you. Number two. Uh, number two. Um, please stop whining about your beard and just shave the f- thing okay, off. All right. <laughs> That's my mother tells me. Okay, finally, a good one. Okay, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, inside. <laughs> Thank you, Club. Uh, please, uh, and now we're down to number one, I hope. Number one. Um, <laughs> enough with the film school already. <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. Back, I didn't give her that one. No, I know. Wow, there you go. Top 10. I'm, sh- I'm glad we got that out of the way. That's been hanging around for a while. I had to make well, sure, you know. Uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we calm down, take a break right now, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Action Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed, the Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Hong's Hat, and the very mysterious M Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with the forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Everyone to Mac Maloney's Military Action Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Well, what a show we have for you tonight. We have a gang here, uh, but we like it, girls. I'm just going to write around the corner. JJ is here. Juan Juan is here. Hello, Mac. Hello, girls. Switch is here. Great to be here. Club is here. Hi, Mac. Hi, gang. Thanks for having me. Raven is here. Hello. <laughs> Famous author Mac Sapuler is here. Oh, all. The Black Eyed Kid is here. Hello. Our good friend, the mysterious Ashley G, is here. Hey. Okay. And also a hey. uh, good friend up in Canada, Jason Hewitt, is with us. Jason. Hello. Hello. Okay. 
Now the show's almost over, so thanks for joining us. <laughs> uh, so anyway, what we uh, asked, um, um, what we're going to talk about tonight, uh, uh, one of the things we're going to talk about is scary movies. Okay, Jason, I'm assuming you're a fan of scary movies. I hope you are. Most definitely. Okay. Most definitely. So just you know, very quickly, we went around in the hall on an email today and just uh, came up with a list of people's scary movies. And and Raven, do you have that list? I do. do. Okay. All right. Let me just, I'm going to throw it to JJ first because I know, just give us your top three scary movies. We can talk about them. Um, I know one of them. Well, go ahead. Who, me? Yes. Well, one of them was uh, uh, Repulsion. And uh, that was uh, back in 1965. It scared the heck out of me because I was a kid there, you know? Yes. (laughs) Not even 20 yet. Mm. Black and white. A Roman Polanski movie, Catherine Deneuve was in it. He was calling me now. And it, it just, uh, it was one of those, it's not a horror movie, it's just like a dr- scary drama, creepy, sexual thing. And uh, I, don't, I don't really have a number two. I mean, the number two s- scary movie was, was uh, the movie that we just mentioned uh, with Michael Rennie, because I saw it at... Uh, Catholic camp, La Salette camp. I forget where that was, but it scared the heck out of me. And all we could do was watch movies and play with GIMP. Uh, not uh, not the GIMP in Pulp Fiction, but the <laughs> GIMP plastic stuff. Exactly where my mind went. <laughs> <laughs> all went because it rained for a week, so we were stuck inside. But we saw that movie. The, what was it called? The Day the Earth Stood Still, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, the original one. Yeah, the original one. Yeah, that was cool. And, uh, Go ahead. That, that was always embedded in my head as uh, being creepy, creepy, scary, and uh, inappropriate for children. Cool, yeah. That was it, a it, great film soundtrack by Bernard Herrmann, mm. where he used the theremin. Yes, the yes. Mm. Yeah, that right. thing you put your hand over it and do it. Right. Yeah. It worked really well with an orchestra. I mean, he, this yeah. guy, these, these old composers were geniuses yes. when it came to innovation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They knew that's the right interest, instrument for that um, for that movie. Go ahead, Wani. Those are your two. They broke new ground when you didn't know they were breaking new ground. Right. That's what's good about it. Is yeah. that, are those your two scary movies? Yes, that's, that's my two. Okay. Because, I'll, I'll, I think both of them because I was young and, uh, you know, just living a good life, nothing scary in my world. And then you have to, you have to watch that and you go, wow. It was like because the movies were so real. Yes. Okay. That that was the scare factor. It was tough growing up in those mean streets of Charlestown, wasn't it? Not Charlestown. It was Cambridge. It was, I meant. I'm sorry. It was, and then when, and then when I moved to the mean streets of Chelmsford, it was like terrible. Oh, yeah, that's hell. What a dramatic change that was. Then I come, go back to to Boston, and I'm going. How come man, you, oh man? How come you didn't say the others? I, I thought sure that would be on your list. The others. Oh yeah, the others. Uh, yeah. With Nicole. Good choice. I forgot about that one. The Nicole others with Kidman. Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. Woo. Yeah. That's that's a good one. Okay. The others. Wow. With a nice twist at the end. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Amazing twist. I'll say. Uh, all right. I'm going to go to, uh, I'm going to go to Ashley, the mysterious Ashley G. What's, I know that you're a big fan of scary movies. What, what's your favorite one? So it's hard to pick a favorite, but I did mention it earlier and he just mentioned it. The day the earth stood still mm-hmm. with the original, not the redone one. Right. It's just a classic, you know, walking off the spaceship. Mm. Just, like, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, the special effects of 1951, I think, that came out were cool. You know, it, it, you know, it, it's more of a dramatic movie. The I didn't see the newer one, but I'm sure it had more effects in it. But they used the special effects in the older one. Uh, you know, uh, they like for instance the ray gun like just makes the guys disappear. It doesn't kill. You know, they're not bloody house. It just you disappear, and there's just like something creepy about that. And it's just some kind of you know odd special effect, but the way they use it is very very effective, and it's a and it's a great story, even though there's a little kind of fascist message at the end. Um, it was a story with a message. It was a, right. yeah. yeah, the story the the message is if you don't do what we tell you, us aliens will kill you. We're gonna so, kill you. you know, remember what the, what the word was? We will reduce your planet to a burned out cinder. Yes. Okay. Okay. I guess that's that's the A choice A and choice B right. and C. <laughs> Play ball with these guys. So anyway, yeah. Ashley, go ahead now. Uh, what's your second? Give us two or three. Um, so another one, I don't know if anybody else will agree with me, but I really liked the Babadook. And I mm. thought I liked it because it's it wasn't like one of those name brand movies that came out. It was yeah. like one of what what is it, a film festival award? Probably. What was it about? Uh it's about this mom and like her kid brings in a book. And she keeps trying to throw out the book, but the creatures in the house, mm. it's the shadows, it keeps appearing, you can't get rid of it. So she like shoves it in the basement. Mm. Mm. I would have to agree. And I almost put that one on my list really? and then I replaced it for something else. What's the name so of I'm glad you brought that up. How dare you? Mm. <laughs> wow. It is a creepy movie though. Mm. Did I describe it right? I feel like, yeah, it's like about a kid's book that uh, just it's haunted. Yeah. yeah, we'll go away. Mm. In it. It's wrong. Um, Ed I've never heard of it. I'm looking it up now. It looks pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It. It's really good. Um, there was a movie, I can't remember the name of it, but it reminded me of that. Reminded me of this movie. It's um, Kevin Bacon is in it. Uh, the woman from Omar and Order is in it. I think it's called Cry of Shadows or something. Stir, Stir of Echoes. Oh, so good. What a awesome. weird freaking movie that is. Jeez. Ever see that, Ashley? You know what we're talking about? I don't think I've seen that oh, one. You gotta see it. That is that. That's a movie that has I stayed with me for a Wait, long. Wait, repeat it. I gotta write it down. St- Stir of Echoes. Is that it? Stir yep. of Echoes. Yep. Kevin Bacon, it's based on a Richard Matheson short story or uh, something like that, or one of his novels. Mm-hmm. Did I am Legend? So yeah, it's oh, really good. I didn't yeah. know that. Ooh. Yeah. He, he also did the Incredible Shrinking Man. He did really. That's right. Oh. Yeah. And wrote, of course, he wrote great uh, screen uh, teleplays for the Twilight Zone. Yes. Remember Third from the Sun. Yes. Okay, which one was yeah. that? Tell us. Switchy knows this. What happens in Third from the Sun? Sounds like Third Rock from the Sun. Well, they, they, uh, you, you suspect they're on Earth in oh, the beginning. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's all this great tension about there's going to be a big war, and it's, it can't be avoided. But they know about this prototype spaceship that they have a link to. So they... <laughs> They just knock over a couple guards and steal a spaceship. Cool. But the, the atmosphere of the TV of the episode is, is just perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a, a shoestring budget. Yes. And then at the very end, when they're traveling through space, they, they escape and with their families. And they're looking at the uh, at the screen and they're pointing out that that bright star up there. And that's that's the star that they've heard radio signals from. They think there may be people there. Mm-hmm. And that's where they want to escape to. And it's the third planet from the sun, which, of course, is Earth. Well, huh. Thanks. I love those old old sci-fi movies where, like, a shoestring budget. Usually, you see the rocket flying with strings on it. But well, actually, they they borrowed that footage from Forbidden Planet. So oh, it wasn't too bad of a flying saucer. Yeah, right. That's actually a pretty good. Uh, uh, Disney did the yeah, special I, effects. I wish I wish I had a dollar for every time Rod Sterling stole footage from the Forbidden Planet. Really? Yeah. Hmm. 
Um, so uh, one more, Ashley, one more uh, movie from you. And you told us uh, when you were on before that as you were a kid, you used to intentionally scare yourself. Is that true? I mean, it sometimes would be intentional, sometimes unintentional. I remember when I was really young, I walked into my parents' room and they were watching this movie and I'm scarred for life from it. I don't I couldn't even tell you what movie it is, but all I remember is if someone walked through a house, went to a well in the backyard and a devil came out. Okay, you know, as, you know, as <laughs> the crap out of me is I must have been like five or six and that's just not something you want to see. Right. That was a horror movie. And Actually, not- you know, I had a, a movie like that, that it was so obscure in my mind. I saw it as a kid that I didn't know if I dreamed it. Mm, cool. And a, a friend, I told a friend of mine who was a movie buff, this was back in before VHS days. He found it. It was Devil Girl from Mars. Oh, <laughs> this, wow. this woman kind of, it was a ripoff of, of Day the Earth Stood Still. <laughs> but the, the, the woman was all dressed in black, looked like Cruella DeVille coming yes. out of a spaceship. She had a big clunky robot that uh, made Gort look like a, an athlete. And uh, anyway, it was just it was just it was so weird because it was this hazy memory. Mm-hmm. I, and it took took me years to figure out what it was. And, and it, it, it's a, a great cheesy B flick if you want to watch it. I love those. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's one real She's quick. Like, no, reminds me of that. There was one called The Screaming Skull. Okay, this is like a real B movie, real B movie. But at the beginning, it said uh, the producers of this movie agreed to buy you a casket if you die of fright (laughs) (laughs) and it's about a skull that would show up and scream i mean you know they named it aptly but yeah just one of those 50 movie 50s movies that probably cost twenty five thousand bucks to make back then but you know they they had good stories they had good horror stories they were big movies it was good so, um, hmm. All right, let's see. I'm going to ask uh, famous author Mark Zapuller. I get a feeling he's got some X-rated horror movies in mind. Well, I love horror movies. So, I, I'd, honestly, the one that impacted me the most might have been uh, Paranormal Activity, the first one. Oh. The hmm. first one. I, I was like, that messed me up for a few days. Mm. <laughs> That's a good uh, choice. Yes. Yeah, What Lies Beneath, too. I like what that. Lies Beneath is, yeah. And The Grudge. Those are like my top three. Yeah, yeah. What lies beneath is uh, pretty uh, scary. Um, hey, Black Eyed Kid, do you have any scary movies? Um, I have some that I filmed. <laughs> <laughs> With the camera directed toward you, right? Through <laughs> you. Yes. Sorry about popping out of the well, by the way. <laughs> wow. Okay. So do you want to share? You want to share one of them with us? Um. Well, I'm, it's, it's happening right now. <laughs> Just a... <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, he's savage tonight. Yeah, he's yeah, he's out of control tonight. Okay. All right. We'll move on. I'm getting the vibe. Uh, Jason, you you must have two or three horror movies that are your favorite. Oh yeah, I've got. Um, I think my well, three of my favorites definitely would be like Jaws, the very first Jaws. Interesting. Especially, I mean, that was terrifying, especially it's, when I was a young kid. Also, a, ter- <laughs> a terrible movie by a terrible director, but please, go on. <laughs> No, no. Oh, there we go no. again. It's okay, Jason. I, I made him take his posters Thank down you. last Thank time. Thank you. <laughs> what is this? The top ten movies that Mac hates? No, no, no. That's another show. Well, every time I come, right? He no, no. Change the last time either. I can go into it if you want, but uh, go ahead, please. Jaws is a scary. There are parts in Jaws that are that scary. Scare you for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, another one would be John Carpenter's Halloween. Like that's very a very yeah, fuck, yep. yeah, very scary. That movie. one was terrifying all the way through, and then when you know Donald Pleasance shoots him out the window, and then the body's gone. That just was a whole new level of scary for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't sleep for a week. I don't think. Cool. After seeing that. Yep. 
Um, and then a more recent film called Echoes of Fear, hmm. directed by Brian Abnett Bradney. And it's a festival run starring Trista Robinson. It's a haunted house movie that goes very old school. Like it doesn't rely on special effects. Nice. It's just a good, creepy story. And there's like three or four parts in it that, that made me jump wow, cool. out of my chair, awesome. which what's never the, happens. I've seen out. like a thousand <clears throat> horror movies. What so. What's the title again? Echoes of Fear. Echoes of Fear. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Okay. So. Man, can I say a little something about Halloween? Please. Since you brought it up. Yes. It, the, 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 just one distinction about that film is you're, you're seeing it from Jamie Lee Curtis's viewpoint. Mm -hmm. She's the, uh, she's the uh, intended victim, and you're you're with her when she has that little victory when she stabs him and she she escapes. Yes, uh, it's been pointed out that some of the other subsequent horror films, the slasher films or whatever, it's often you see it from the, the standpoint of the killer, oh. and the and the and the victim is this you know hapless uh, usually female that doesn't know what's going to happen. So it's very interesting the way I think the the perspective, the point of view can be very important in some of these films. Yeah, that's started, that, that Halloween started a whole kind of genre of that horror movie. You know what I mean? It's like like a kid's horror movie, but also had a lot of different... And it was scary. It was a scary movie, you know? And that started that whole Freddy Krueger thing. Uh, yeah. so, Jason. Jason, right. Yeah. Um, I think he made it before, right? Yeah, go ahead. I think he was before, right? The, the, the Friday Jason was before, yeah, yeah. It came after... Friday the 13th was 1980, and Halloween was 78. Wow. Right. Huh. Jason, the guy with the hockey mask, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, um, okay. Who's left? Hey, how about across the pond here? Go ahead. Club. <laughs> All right. Uh, one of them it goes back when I was really young. It was called A Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, it, I was, I don't know, maybe four years old. And it was just horrifying. Mm -hmm. I saw it about 20 years ago, and I couldn't stop laughing. But uh, <laughs> yes. but anyways, another another odd one is what they call a clockwork orange. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, Stanley Kubrick. This yep. is a story about, you know, the future. And what they did is once you became an old person, like 60 years old, oh. they took you down and they turned you into a wafer that they use to feed the rest of the population. Yeah. But wait a minute, that's, that's, that's uh, Soylent Green. That's Soylent, Soylent Green. Green. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Charlton Heston, right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. surrounded by movie buffs here, Club, so you've got to be on your <laughs> I know, okay. I can't get away with it. But Come no, on, that's Soylent, Club. Clockwork that's Orange. Soylent Green. Cla I, I yeah, yeah, Soylent I Green. I never get over that. Yep. You know, I can't eat anything now that's a wafer. Yeah. Anything like that. I, I, really? He stopped going even to church. Can't, he, can't even use the wafers in the toilet. You know, oh, 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 really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, well, really stuck when with they're you. in the toilet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's people. I saw, um, real quick, I saw, you know, once again as a kid, and, you know, we used to go to the movies every Saturday for our parents to get rid of us. So I saw a lot yeah, of yeah. B movies, right? And one of them was called, um, I think it was. I wrote it down there, Raven. I think it's either Kiss of the Vampire or something. And it was, it was Blood a, of the Vampire. Blood of the Vampire. Okay. And it was it was in black and white. It had a lot of stuff in it which was inappropriate for children. Just consider you know, believe. They didn't me. care back then. It, well, this was really, you know, almost well, like the Catholic you know, Church was the arbiter of uh, what did, was did you stay for a second show? The entire human oh, race. Yeah, but, of course uh, I did. Yeah. No. Children, nah, anything goes. This was like you know, Playboy After Dark, some of the stuff that was going on with these vampires. But anyway, <laughs> now, now get this. And it was a black and white movie, okay? So we're sitting there, and, and they capture the uh, vampire, vampiress, right? And they're going to put the stake through the heart, and that scene was color. 
they just put in a coliseum and he hits it and boom, blood everywhere. Blood goes on the camera, goes on the screen type thing. <laughs> Everyone is just like sick and just and then it goes back to black and white. It's kind of like the Wizard of Oz in reverse. So. <laughs> yeah. Wizard of Oz without the stake and the hammer. Right, exactly. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, Jason, I mean, you, you're who, who else? Who, who, who haven't I asked yet? Uh, we need Switch still. Oh, switch. Go ahead, Switchy. Okay. Um, uh, the Haunting. I've mentioned oh, it before. The yep. original Haunting, not the remake. Okay. Again, 1961, Claire Bloom, Julie Harris, and I forget the, the British actor that played the paranormal investigator, but they go to this mansion in New England that has all kinds of alleged activity mm. because they're going to uh, conduct experiments there. And the thing about the haunting is uh, you it's, it's most of it's left to the imagination. There's only one real visual effect where the, the entity or whatever, you can kind of see the door breathing on the other side. But mm -hmm. other than that, it's all left to your imagination. Yes. And when you watch this movie alone at night, it will creep you out. Mm. And all the way to the end, based on Shirley Jackson's novel of the same name. And it's just, it is so well done. Uh, just, just real briefly, uh, The Ring would be another one uh, that I just thought of. What is that uh, about? What's that about? To, to contrast it with it, The Haunting, it's great all the way up to the end, but then the end, they show you too much. They should have left it to the imagination. It would have been more effective. Mm -hmm. uh, the same thing with, uh, what was it, Mark of the Demon with Dana Andrews, an old black and white uh, movie. There's another one. You don't see any any creature or, or, or much. You see the kind of the, the weather kick up. But anyway, another one uh, is uh, really is sort of science fiction horror. And I think, uh, you know, H.P. Lovecraft, his, his stories, his novels, a lot of them, if you actually examine them, aren't aren't supernatural horror, they're science fiction, but it's, it's told in such a way that it's like a horror story. Mm, interesting. And so for me, now this wasn't a Lovecraft novel, but Quatermass uh, uh, and the Pit, mm, cool otherwise movie. known as Five Million Years to Earth, yep. a Hammer horror film. Uh, it's it's basically science fiction, but it's done in a way that, that with a certain atmosphere and so forth yes. that creates uh, a, a sense of horror. Right. A really great film. They find an alien spaceship buried underneath the London subway. And, you know, they're not quite sure what to do with it. Um, all right, I'm going to throw out a – boy, if anyone knows this, I'll be surprised. Not a horror movie, but like a psychological horror movie. It's called Picnic at Hanging Rock. Anyone ever see mm -hmm. that? Jason. Where'd that play? They probably played in Dorchester. No, no. I saw it in uh, film school, as it turns out. <laughs> oh, in film school. Oh, I saw it in film school. Wait, Mac was in film school? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, wow. first I time I'm hearing about it. <laughs> yeah, what a surprise. Well, Pull the pin out of that hand grenade. But what? It, what? It, it, this is what is strange about it. And the, I think the guy who did it is uh, Wes Anderson. He's done a lot of really kind of odd movies. But it's a, it's a, it's a, Girls' school in Australia, out in the middle of nowhere in Australia, very strict, very uh, 1900, and so on. And um, and they go up to this mountain, uh, hanging rock for a picnic, and um, only one comes back. Only one comes back out of like six girls. And 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 the whole movie is about trying to find them. And it's not a, like a mountain; it's it's just a hill. But this whole idea of you know where do they go and who took them and stuff. And then one of them. You know, shows up and she can't remember anything. It's a very creepy uh, because you said earlier, I saw that movie and then you know for the two or three nights afterwards, I really thought about it and that's how this movie affected me. You'd be laying in bed saying, "Man, it's just so creepy." Not ghosts, not horrible monsters, just a psychological creep fest. 
Sometimes they look like the movie I've never poster. Heard of that. If, if you have Back a chance, the, mo- the movie poster on IMDb. Yes, I, I love it how it's uh, articulated. What the, the, the plot of this thing is right. on Saint Valentine's Day in 1900, a party of schoolgirls set out to picnic at Hanging Rock, mm. and uh, that's it. The school, well, schoolgirls. Yes. Oh, it's the schoolgirls angle. <laughs> Wow, okay. Cycle. <laughs> and, uh, you know, anything that happens to schoolgirls, you know, it's not going to be good. All right? Especially if it's a place called Hanging Rock. Who goes to Hanging Rock? Well, it's have, a, it's a, a Peter Weir movie. Right. Yeah, that's Peter Weir. That's it. The whole time. Yeah. Just came oh, the name gives it away. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hanging yeah. Rock. Yeah. but, but It you, looks like uh, the old man in the mountain, actually, is... Uh, what what happens... What, like, what, what ha- and it's a very psychological thing, and... Um, what happens is one guy, this brave guy, goes up there to try to rescue them, and um, <clears throat> he's like, he, he, uh, I can't explain it. You know, he, he can only move in slow motion. It's strange. He can only move in slow motion, and then it turns out, it, it, I, I can't even tell you why they go missing, but uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, Picnic and Hanging Rock is cool. Um, Some were never to return. And then I was going to say also, uh, oh, Switch, go ahead. You must have a couple more. Uh, well, the, the Village of the Damned, based on a novel by John John Wyndham, the guy that wrote Day of the Triffids and a lot of great science fiction movies. Yep. Village of the Damned uh, is uh, a great uh, great British film. Uh, they called it the Midwich. Uh, the original book was the Midwich Cuckoos, for the Village of the Damned was based on, and uh, it takes place in a, in a small village in England. All of a sudden, uh, everybody passes out they lose consciousness Uh and a few people die in accidents and so forth and then everything's back to normal well then shortly after every woman of childbearing age starts to become pregnant (laughs) and uh they they give birth to these little uh little kids that uh was that x-rated yellow eyes so that was all off stage yes um but uh they uh uh, they were the kind of kids that you couldn't really discipline. Yeah. If you tried to, they'd uh, let you take your shotgun and blow your head off. That, that's the kind oh, of, uh, yeah, yeah, they weren't really very, very well disciplined. Wow. But yeah. it, it's interesting as the as the story unfolds, especially in the novel, yes. you find out there's been other other cases like this. It's just, what it is, it's a, it's a subtle alien invasion mm. where they have sent uh, rays or whatever to affect people and uh, creating their own race, essentially. Wow, cool. And... Uh, Anyway, it comes down to the one in England is the last one. Uh, everybody else, the one that, that uh, uh, came about in, in uh, with the Eskimos and in Russia and other parts of the world, either they died naturally or they were killed. Mm. So it's all, all builds up to the end where you've got this last little uh, bastion of these essentially aliens, yeah. alien hybrids, I guess, that have complete control over everybody. And you have to see, you have to watch it to see what George Saunders does to eradicate them. Well, Black Eyed Kid, you must, that sounds like right up your alley. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm filming the sequel uh, this fall. What's it called? You'll, you'll have to wear contacts. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So listen, let me uh, just, uh, why don't we take a quick break now and regroup and calm down. And we'll be right back uh, and continue this discussion of scary movies. So you're listening to Mike Maloney's Military Exile Show. Here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network, the whole gang is here, so please stay tuned. I was in the hospital with my son for 18 months. When he got injured, I wasn't prepared, but I knew I had to be strong. 
When I was told about John's injury, I was in complete shock. I just remember rushing into his room and giving him a big hug and letting him know I was there. These veterans and families are just a few of the heroes we serve at Homes for Our Troops. For thousands of severely injured veterans, everyday life is filled with barriers. It was really the, the little things throughout the house. Counters that you can't roll up to. I had to drag my wheelchair down steps. I want to help, but he is so determined. At Homes for Our Troops, we build specially adapted custom homes with features like wheelchair access, roll-in showers, and automatic door openers that allow them to function independently and focus on their recovery and family. This house is freedom. It's hope. It's a new beginning. This house has given me my family back. To learn more, visit hfotusa.org. So until you hear us next time, this is Mac Money for the entire gang saying, be safe, be happy, and... Bye-bye. Okay, the show's over. Hey, Cobra, where are we going to eat tonight? Well, gentlemen, what do you feel like? Chinese, Italian, sushi? How about we go where they have the best hamburger in the world? And where would that be, one one? Only the Starboard Galley. Starboard Galley? They're a great seafood place, but they're in Newburyport, and we're in Exeter. But they're only 20 minutes away down Route 95, and believe me, they have the best hamburger in the world. Let's go! Okay, boys, license and registration. Where's the fire, you clowns going to the circus? We're in a hurry just to get the best hamburger in the world. And where's that, Pally? That's the Starboard Galley in Newburgh. The great seafood place? Yes, but they make a great hamburger, too. And they start with the best beef. Super fresh buns. Great toppings. Plus, it's only 20 minutes away from Exeter, 25 from Portsmouth. Not with a police escort, buddy. Light them up, Switchblade. Starboard Galley. They're here. That's the Starboard Galley, 55 Water Street, Newburyport. Great seafood and the best hamburger in the world. And tell them Juan Juan sent you. Welcome back, everyone, to Macaroni's Mill Tracks, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Macaroni. What a show we have for you tonight. We're talking about scary movies at present. Very quickly, I'm just going to rattle off the names. JJ's here. Hello, Mac. Switch is here. Yep. Uh, Club has left the building. Uh, Raven is here. Raven, how are you? Hi. Okay. Uh, did I already say Switch? Um, yes, you did. Okay. All right. Uh, also with us is famous author Mike Zapula. Hello, Mac. Famous comedian Phil Yabba. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, Jason <laughs> Hewitt, author up there in British Columbia, where everything is kind of sane, sane and not insane. Ashley G, the mysterious Ashley G. Hey. I, I you have a dog. What kind of dog do you have? Don't you have like a, the, a pit bull or something? She's an American Staffordshire Terrier mix. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm sure it's a beautiful dog. Uh, also... Um, look at her. It's right look at the dog. Can you see? I can't yeah, even see it. There. Look at her and the dog. Where? Perfect. Yeah. A couple oh, of beautiful oh. people staring at more beautiful star. people. There you go. Exactly. Isn't life wonderful? Also, uh, my literary agent, Jim Frankel, is on. Why don't we clap him on just so I don't get a nasty okay. email? Thank you. Thank you. 
Jim. How are you? I'm good. Okay. You're down in North Carolina. Is that where you are? Oh, yes. Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the, North Carolina. Where all the intellectuals are? Oh, there's a lot of nerdy people here, no. you know? Mm-hmm. That was a, it probably still is a high-tech uh, mecca of the world, isn't it? Yeah. It is one of them. Yeah. Hey, right? Say that again. Banking. Banking. Yeah. I mean, Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte is like number two in the country. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. Charlotte's not part of this, though. Charlotte's no. far away. Really. Okay. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Screw I was, Charlotte. I was just thinking North Carolina. But yeah. yeah. If you had to. Bali, Chapel Hill, and Durham. If you had to escape uh, north of the Mason-Dixon line, how far would you have to go? Uh, Not that. I mean, maybe... Um, 200 miles at the most. Switch, all Switch has to do is cross a bridge, right, Switch? Yep, and I'll, I just crossed that. I can cross the Mason-Dixon line, and I'll be a northerner again. There you go. Okay. Let <laughs> me keep that in mind. So anyway, listen. So we're talking about, I've introduced everybody, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm talking, we're talking about scary movies, okay, scary movies, and the kind of scary movies. Um, I, one I wanted to mention for Wawa's benefit is very scary movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. By Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah. You know why? Because it's scary. It was made. Okay, that's like a terrible freaking movie. And no matter what they say, that you know they had an interview with. Um, how many awards it wins? It doesn't make any difference. Um, Mark <laughs> Lindsay so of fresh. the Raiders. Mark <laughs> Lindsay of the Raiders. Okay, and that whole idea that he slid him off for his music stuff. No one else would give them the rights to the music. So he was stuck with Paul Revere and the Raiders. Okay, and. The infamous scene of three and a half minutes of what's her name's boots walking down Hollywood Boulevard. Three and a half minutes. You know how long that is in a movie? Three and a half minutes. My favorite scene. Is it real? <laughs> so uh, anyway, but but Jim, give us your top. A lot of feet action in that movie. There's a lot of feet action in all of Q-Tips movies. Jim, you hate Quentin Tarantino, right? No, no, I don't oh. hate him. Oh, boy. Jim has good taste. Oh, see, we got we got this. Pulp Fiction was brilliant, oh, and uh, you know, I mean, he he has his ups and downs. I liked uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There okay. you go. We're gonna have to discuss. Thank this. you, James. I loved it. And enough time. I keep um, watching like, it over and over again. Wow, it's a terrible, it's a terrible movie. Okay, first of all, it just it just dist- dist- documentary. You know, no. I mean, it, right. it isn't, but it it could have been. Okay, how many minutes in the movie is spent on footage of people driving Jay Leno's, you know, classic cars? Because that's what it is for just minutes. Cool cars minute. in the movie. Yeah, but how, how many, do you want to see 20 minutes of him just going up and down the highway? Brad, what's his name? But that's well, he's, how a lot of He's in the crappy common gear Volkswagen. Okay, so, all right, he's in the common gear. Please, Raven. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, I had a Carmen Ghia and I loved it, JJ. So really? I it, it, no, it, it, but his is crappy. It's blown oh, okay. smoke and everything else, but it is a cool car, though. <laughs> Maxwell Smart had one, didn't he? After he got rid of the, uh, the, the swimming car, uh, then? I don't know. The car I liked the most. Mine had wooden bumpers on it. <laughs> wooden bumpers? <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah, my, my buddy was fixing the Bondo and he was uh, fixing the, uh, the, the bumper and it popped off because of the rust. Yes. And so he just put on, he, he put on a couple boards, stained them. And put them on uh, front and back. That so wasn't from the factory. Carmen Gia wooden bumpers. That's cool. That worked. John Keel owned a Carmen Gia for a while. Really? Yeah. I thought he was wow. a smart guy. Bumpers, anyway, <laughs> that's one movie. That's one horror movie that I don't like. I, I, if you really think, what is? Oh, oh, Jim, give us your three scariest movies. My three scary. Oh, yes. Fair. 
Well, Diabolique, yes. I thought was a really, really scary movie. I don't know if you all know about that movie. Tell it's, us. Uh, it's very, very scary. Tell um, us. What's it about? It sounds familiar. I got to look it up. Oh, it's it's um, women get revenge, <laughs> you know, and uh, and the guy deserves it, and and it's it's very scary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you ask for three. I I gave you this whole big list. I have your list. I have your list. Have do, your do, list. You, do you need to remind you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But he gave us uh, Jim's list. Uh, is Alien. The alien, oh, yeah, yeah. scary movie. One of the two scariest yeah, I can think that's of. That's a scary movie. I, okay, I love Alien. I, that was a movie that I watched way too young. Really? Oh. I was like, oh god, no, no never again. And then as an adult, it's fantastic. Yeah, really, yeah, I haven't seen that. As that is under the category of science fiction horror. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. You know, one of the great things that they do in that movie is they might they they have a beat that picks up your heartbeat. You know, to build suspense. Mm-hmm. That really smart and and very creepy, scary. I mean, you know, you feel your heart pounding. Yes. I'm to the beat of that sound. Mm, that's wild, man. Well, good idea. But it works. Hmm. Yeah, and a, and a lot of surprises in it, too. That's another thing. You never know what's going to happen around the corner, which is really kind of yeah. cool for a science fiction movie, you know? So, all right, that's, that's one. Go ahead. Jim, number two. Uh, yeah, Jim's next one is Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the, the original. The, yeah, rich, the original. Fantastic Absolutely. movie. Mm-hmm. The thing that's scariest for me about that is the moment when um, when uh, Vera Miles has gone to sleep, mm-hmm. and, uh, and she wakes. He wakes her up, and she's no longer herself. Actually, it was it was Donna Winter. I'm one of those nerds that uh, I'm sorry. knows this stuff. That's sorry. Okay. She woke up if as Vera Miles. You can just slap me. Okay. No, no, thank you. I, my mistake. But that but, movie. But he says, I was never so horrified in my entire life. Mm. Uh, it, 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 as when it, I kissed her. <laughs> but even the part where you see the, the, the seed pods changing. Yeah, and yeah. they have kind of cheesy special effects. The build up to that and the music. The oh, yeah. guy names was pino domingo or something like that pino. great soundtrack mm-hmm. but that the whole thing in, in in black and white uh it's just very cool and based on a novel by jack finney which was uh yeah. very close to the novel but there's also like a uh, real cold war message in it i mean if you you just take oh, one absolutely. step further in there yep. it's like yep. people turning into communists right in the u.s and at the end kevin mccarthy's running through the the, the traffic jam going their hair or something beware their hair no, says, you're in danger says, no he says you're next. <laughs> yeah, I know that's even worse. And right? it's like, whoa, you know yeah. that it, it's, you know, great movie, um, really great movie. Yeah, One more of Jim's that role briefly in the uh, remake. The remake is Sutherland. really, yeah. remake Which is, is really, really good in its own right. It, 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 there's there's yeah, a lot I of special think. effects Not in it. It is there's one part of the remake that stuck with me, and that's got to be mid seventies anyway, or late seventies, where by mistake, this guy that you keep seeing on the street he's like you know an old captain bob or something and his dog and he and the dog kind of get mixed up and and you just see the dog with the guy's face for like about two seconds <laughs> wow is that creepy Don't what you a, get it when that happens man oh man so um yeah the creepiest thing about that movie is uh that it's 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 rat turds not capers <laughs> wait a minute what movie are you talking hey, about capers like Fish? At the very beginning of the movie, Donald Sutherland is a food inspector. Yes. A health inspector. Yes. And he's in this fancy French restaurant. And he says, you, sir, 
have raptors. He says, no, they are keepers. He says, no, raptors. Wow. But the original one relies not much on special effects at all. It no. relies on building up a mood yep. yes, and, yes. and a suspense, which is uh, something I always appreciate when they take the time to do that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And also the characters. I mean, you know, these people who, who he's known, who Kevin McCarthy's character has known for a long time, all of a sudden, they're different, you know. And it's it's hard to explain. It's very hard to explain. He doesn't want to believe what's happening, you know. Sounds familiar. It, it's just all sorts of great stuff in that movie. Right. It's, yeah. It's very scary. So so, let's just talk. Let's pick one. It's, it's going to be hard to do. One horror movie. Oh, I know. I have one. A horror movie that I didn't like. But I'm, I'm going to ask Jason off the top of your head. What's What horror movie didn't you like? Well, it's funny because I listed Jaws as like one of my favorite scary movies, but Jaws the Revenge, like the very last <laughs> oh, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Caine oh, was that. absolutely horrible. Yeah, I hated. It. I saw it in the theater. It was the first Jaws movie I saw in a theater, and I was just so crushed that it was just it was just a, unbelievable. Like a shark getting revenge. No, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, right, the right. shark looked horrible. Like it looked mechanical at the end when they're trying to kill it. It's like growling out of the water. I, just so much <laughs> bad in that movie. Um, but it killed. <laughs> what could have been an all right franchise, I guess. Well, they should have left it alone after the first one. Made it to the four, first one, yeah. yeah. How many were there? Four? Was that four? Yeah, that four. was there was the yeah. four, and that, it almost hit the bottom with the three D one. Although I don't mind it for the cheese factor, mm. but the fourth was just an awful piece of cinema. Like it should have been burned. We down to uh, Martha's Vineyard now, and we were there a few years ago. Uh, not a good place to go at the height of the summer, let's say, but. That bridge, all those scenes there, they're, they're mocked. They're mocked. Say, this is where this scene was shot, and there's a famous bridge there. And when they're on the beach and running around looking for the kids when the shock is out there and stuff. Um, let me just, uh, I, I'll tell you, like, a disappointing horror movie was the remake of The Thing. Okay? The, the, the original Thing yeah. is a very scary movie. Very yes. kind of scary movie, right? And so, you know, now I'm waiting for, you know, The Thing, John Carpenter, right? It's going to be, but it's too... Uh, complex, too convoluted, too much kind of special effects, too much kind of gore, where in the original thing, you hear him coming down the, the, the hallway, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Listen. Listen here. Okay? <laughs> and, and notice, Mac, the way the, the, a lot of the films we really like are films that don't throw it in your face. They spend the time to uh, uh, to create the atmosphere and the mood, yeah. and they did that in the original thing. And the only one thing I did like about the remake was it, it paid homage to the original story by I can't think of the name of the author, science fiction John, author, John W. Campbell. Yes, Campbell. It was called Who Goes There, and in in that in that novelette or short story, uh, it did have the shape shifting ability, which they didn't uh, get into in right. the original film. Right. But still, I, I love the the end of the original thing, where right. the uh, you know, the, the, the military people have survived. You've got the newspaper reporter there, and he's, he's, his, uh, he's sending his story in on the wire services. And at the very end, he says, watch the skies. <laughs> yeah. Watch the skies. Yeah. Classic. I mean, but does the original thing have Kurt Russell? No, the, the remake has Kurt Russell. The remake has Kurt Russell. Yes. That's all I'm saying. That's how you yeah, judge Russell. 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 in-camera effects of any movie in the last 40 years, I would say. Even though it's not for everyone, the, the way they did all those spe wonderful special effects yeah. in the thing is yeah. just... And they did it all Ex live in camera. It's just Except amazing. Yes. The, part, the part with the dogs 
I have to, I just fast forward it. I close my eyes. I plug my ears and Mr. Raven takes the remote and he fast forwards it for me. And then he lets me know when it's over. With. Wow. But I don't you think about that. What did you think about the open ended ending? I didn't care for that. I liked it. And then when they did the the prequel to the thing, which was, oh God, 2013? 10 10 years ago, I think. Yeah, about that. I loved that too, because then that that leads it right open into the thing. What was that called? Pre-thing? Thing. The thing was on my call. list, and you know that, Matt. <laughs> no, no, you know that it was on my list. <laughs> Number 11. By raving well, the, the, the I know thing I, is. I misunderstood the assignment, and I gave like 20. Listen, 20 let me just say one thing about the but, original thing, okay? So because Juan Juan, as you know, I went to film school, right? So Howard you Hawks. Did. did you graduate from film school? Yes, You're I still going. Wise ass. <laughs> Never mind. Love, um, love. I would have loved to have gone to film school. It was great, man. Yeah, come on, three years of watching yeah. film. That was it. That was I it. Just watch movies all freaking Instead, I was uh, film, f- editing film for the U.S. Navy. Yeah, okay. yeah. The, that's, that's another show. Rhode Island. I, you know, I guess we do know that Kurt Russell survived because he became Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Yum. Claus? What do you mean, Santa yeah, Claus? He sure did. <laughs> he, be, he, he played Santa Claus in a movie? Santa, Santa? No, he played Santa Claus in two TV movies. Yeah, so with Goldie Hawn. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what they're called, but yeah. I know I know about it. But I mean, he also Hawaiian did like overboard. He He's... takes his entire shirt off in that movie. Let's... The whole thing. Wow, I'm getting uncomfortable, Raven. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, Raven. Raven, do you like? Did you like Kurt Russell in Death Proof? I've never seen that actually. Oh man, let it me just try to. In my head as a kind of a horror movie with featuring a lot of cool cars. Let me try to uh, death proof. Hey, before this all started, let me let me try to impress my literary agent. Okay, so Howard Hawks at the time is one of the top directors, and they come yeah. to him and they say, "Listen, what we need is back then you you shoot like the opening scene, show it to some, you know, production company, and then they'd give you money for the rest of the movie." So a lot of times you see those movies in the the first ten minutes don't really look like the rest of the movie, but. So they went to Howard Hawks and they said, well, you just direct the beginning of this movie. And it's like these guys, they're up in the North Pole and they, and they have a report of something crashing up. They think, they think it's an airplane and it's already encased in ice. So there's a bunch of this scientists and military guys. And they said, listen, everyone, what kind of shape is this? And everyone like walk back until you get to the edge of the shape. They're on, looking through clear ice and they walk back and they came up, back and they're in a circle. They found the flying saucer. It's a great great way yeah. to, to start a movie and then the rest of it was directed by you know some guy you know who did a great job because very and few special didn't direct the whole movie no 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 he had other things to do yep i think it was bubba quarantino who so <laughs> but that's still a really good movie the original thing so um all right so we're talking about movies we don't like horror movies we don't like ashley do you have one um it's a newer one. I didn't really enjoy it that much. The Invisible Man. Mm. Really? Yeah, oh, no, that, that was. A, is that the one with Kevin Bacon? <laughs> is it? Is it with Kevin Bacon or uh, is there an, even a later Kevin one? Kevin Bacon did one. I don't think it was called The Invisible Man, though. Hollow Man. He did the Hollow, Hollow Man. Man. Oh, yeah, Hollow Man. That's, that's right. That's right. Like maybe 2019, I think it came out. Yeah. Okay. Even earlier than that. It's, it's Actually, it's not well, that recent of a film now that I think of it. Not the Hollow Man. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm just going to shut up now. Ashley, go ahead. So this is the Invisible Man. Yeah, that it came out two years ago. Okay. The actress who was in The Handmaid's Tale stars in it. Oh. 
Yeah. I can't remember her name. From Elizabeth Mad Men. Moss. <laughs> Thank you. From Mad Men. It. Um, it's a lot of, I think the scariest part of it is the fact that like no one believes her because he's invisible. But um, other than that, I really, I mean, like, I didn't think it was like that scary. Mm-hmm. That's how does he get invisible and not invisible? How does he get the, 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 the power of invisibility? Do they explain? It's like a suit. Oh, so, ah, okay. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Sounds like a bad movie. Uh, Raven, do you have a movie you don't like? A horror movie you don't like? Oh, yeah. Um, Off the top of my head, uh, I don't, maybe this came out in 2015 and it was called Unfriended. Mm. And it's just terrible start to finish. It's all filmed on a, much like what we're doing, a Zoom screen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The entire movie. And this whatever i don't know is just picking the kids off yeah. left and right but yeah. it's it's just real dumb i didn't enjoy it and cheaply paid it sounds like hey uh, yeah black eyed kid you must have a horror movie you hate other than your life story or whatever um i only hated the ones i didn't get to film while i was making them okay we understand that max apula you must have a number of films that you hate so many but the fog, I thought, was pretty bad. The fog, the most recent one. Yeah, that wasn't bad. Mm. No, it was really bad. Yeah. Wow, Man, it was bad. Is that, wait, that's different than the mist, right? Yes. yes. I thought the mist was really good. What's okay. uh? Well, except, but- did, what you think about the? I, I read the original uh, novelette by Stephen King, which was pretty good. It had kind of an open-ended ending, but it was cool. I hated the ending right. of the mist. I, Thank I, you. I, I don't, the, what did it, yeah. Thank whoever, you. Whoever wrote that part of the screenplay should be incarcerated. <laughs> well, it's terrible. In, uh, and then the fact that they got Thomas Jane to play the dad. I, I never, I don't know their names, oh. but it's a travesty. Yes, it is. Absolutely. I'm glad to hear you say that. Does it take place in Maine? Probably. <laughs> yes, it, it fills in a lot of blanks there. Girl. What movie are we talking about now? I'm sorry. I thought it was the mist. One of the vapor. Mark, I'm so sorry. The vapor. No, the vapor. All right. So you're talking about so, yeah. the one with Adrian Babo in it? That one? Yeah. Ray Lang- that, that, okay. The fog. She's in the fog. She's in too. the fog, right. There were two of them, right? There was a remake. Uh, th- 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 okay, hang on. That's two. two movies. Do a whole family. Yeah, hang on. Listen. Adrian in it. Isn't she married to John Coppin? Isn't she married to that guy? Yeah, she was back then. Yeah, back then. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, let's see. Uh, I'll take your pick. Switch. I got some go, ahead. go ahead. Go. Movies you hate. Okay. Well, Movies okay. you, you were disappointed there, in. There's this movie called Poltergeist, which is great until the end. And then they completely ruin it when they go back to the house where they nearly all got completely destroyed. Go ahead. And, and that just ruined that film for me. I mean, you know, it was, it was pretty good until then. No. But then I just lost all desire to think anything but bad things about Steven Spielberg, who turns out to have done some better things since then. But that, that really was a bad thing. It's a hack. You know? I mean, why would anyone go back to the place that nearly destroyed his whole family? You know? Oh, yeah, in the script. I'll never go back there. That's terrible. Let's go back to the house. Let's go back. Yeah, right. Exactly. Hey, listen. Spielberg is, does that all the time. He's a oh, hack. He's, he's a, a hack. hack right? He is a hack. Oh, he's done some good work. No, really. no, he hasn't. Well, he's done a few good. Yes, he's done a few good things. That's fine. Yeah, okay. Arguably, he's done a few good things. A few good things that that. But you can't forgive uh, movies like AI. Did you ever see that? That that's yeah. a freaking disgrace. Was, you can't blame Spielberg for all that. That was a, that was that was him and Kubrick together before Kubrick you know, died. Right. Okay. Kubrick started it and Spielberg finished it. So, 
you can't blame Spielberg for the whole thing. How about um, in Jaws? Okay, just I'll just ask one question about Jaws. During the fight where they're killing the shark, where is Richard Dreyfus? He's in the whole movie. Where is he? He's hiding. No, he isn't. He's hiding. He's hiding in the sunken boat because they had nothing for him to do in that fight. They didn't want him to get killed. So he's supposedly hiding in a sunken boat while all this stuff is going on up top. That's just not really well planned out, you know? Just like close encounters. You know, you get 40 minutes of him building mountains of mashed okay. potatoes. You Come on. Rag on Spielberg right. for that. I'm sorry. What about Schindler's List? I can't rag on rag on Schindler's List. Schindler's List is a great movie. Good, good balance, right? You know, they it uh, had a lot of great parts, but it just didn't flow well. You're talking about Jaws? Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. They should yeah. remake that movie. There's a movie to re reboot it. Okay. They are making. They are remaking. I think really, man. We've talked about this before. Say, like, I'm surprised it hasn't Somebody been remade at this point. I'm not sure who. Is everyone going to be coked out like the first one? I hope so. You drink a lot of coke. I said I hope so. You want to have, you want to have the continuity, right? <laughs> That's right. How are you going to write it? Very good. How do you write it? Is right. Well, wow. I, I have uh, a, a, a submission. Whenever you get to me, man. Go ahead. Okay. This is actually a trifecta. Several decades ago, me and my loser buddies who didn't have any dates, we went to the drive-in this one night. When we pulled in, they gave us this slip of paper that said, if you die of a heart attack during watching any of these movies, they're not liable. Okay? No. So we pulled in, and the three movies are, or were, The Corpse Grinders, The Undertaker and His Pals, and The Embalmer. But we made it through yes. the, corpse, the Corpse Grinder and The Undertaker and His Pals in about five minutes of The Embalmer. It, it was dubbed in English. Anyway, The Corpse Grinders was about they would kill people, and they put them in this machine and grind up their corpses and make cat food out of them. Oh, so wow. When I get my cats, I'm going to read the labels on the cans real carefully <laughs> and take a to make taste. sure of the ingredients. <laughs> right. Wow. Huh? It was Arch okay. Hall. Arch Hall did that. And I met, he needs to be in jail. And I met Arch Hall Jr., <laughs> who it, at one of these monster bashes, and I, I, I asked him about that film. He, he and his dad were either made or involved in all kinds of grade Z movies. But, yes. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Huh. Okay. And yet you're still getting two cats. Uh, yes. Well, I'm just going to watch what I feed them. You, you know? got to get them the good stuff. You got to get them the holistic recipes. The, the good corpses. Okay. Good corpses. I got it. Right. Yeah. Right. The Soylent Green Plus. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Right. With the big I'll give them wafers. Right. The, one, the ones that Juan Juan won't eat. Anyway. Okay. So have we asked everyone of a horror movie they don't like? There's so many, though. There's we so did many. Jason? We did, yeah. Jason. Okay. Okay. I think we're good. Yeah. I've never seen a Jason. I've never seen a Jason either. Yeah, for some You've never watched the Friday the 13th movies? No. Nope. No. What? Oh, they're so campy. I knew how they were so going to turn out. No, really? Yeah, they're, they're so bad, they're good, basically. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I want to see they're Jason goes You only need to watch one to get the full flavor of all 12 or whatever it is. <laughs> That's but, another way of saying know, they're why. bad, though. He's absolutely right, but it is fun to watch all of them. That's what Mr. Raven and I do around Halloween. We'll just, like, <laughs> marathon all of them. Yes, yes. And, and it's great because you just watch it and you're just like, you can easily run away from this freaking <laughs> yeah. maniac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet yeah. they don't. Yeah. They don't. I, I've awesome. got one more Go obscure ahead. good one, and it's in the Quatermass series, mm. and it's called Enemy from Space. Mm. And uh, I think it's uh, in in Britain. It was called maybe Quatermass Two or, or something like that. But it uh, it starred uh, actually they starred an American actor in the, in the role of a Brit, but uh, Don Donald 
uh, somebody Donald Day. Anyway, mm. it's it's another really good one. It's in black and white. There's a long build up. You, you don't uh, you don't see the 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 thing or the monsters or whatever toward the end. And that's uh, that's a pretty good one. Right. Yeah, a good one. One that you like, right? There's a lot of British science fiction movies from the 50s that have like zero special effects in them, and I just like. Yeah, they're using sewage plants as, you know, as if they're the place that are launching secret rockets from and stuff. But, um, yeah, Coiny Mass in the Pit is actually, that I can think of, and is actually really a pretty good, the best horror movie I can think of from there. Where else, you know, um, what were we talking about earlier? After after 2001, Kubrick did um, um, Club Hat Orange, Orange. Clockwork Orange, which is kind of a horror movie, kind of like in... Yeah. Not so distant future type thing, you know. But wow. Okay. So listen, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a quick break now and we'll be right back. I think we're gonna talk about cursed movies. We'll be right back. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military X Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. Imagine you knew what was going to happen two seconds before it happened. Imagine you lived with the world's most beautiful supermodel. Imagine you drove a Jaguar with machine guns behind the headlights. Well, it's time to stop dreaming and start reading about Navy Lieutenant Chris Starr, hero of Mac Maloney's new best-selling paranormal detective series, Codenamed Starman. Who murdered the most beautiful tea girl in San Diego? Who's bombarding a small Massachusetts town with heavy artillery on Christmas Eve? Who's causing the mass murder of terrorists in the jungles of Africa? These are the cases Lieutenant Chris Starr must solve in the Kalashnikov Kiss, the first book in Mac's exciting new series, Codenamed Starman. Follow the Starman as he uses his psychic abilities to crack cases the U.S. Navy has declared too unusual. Find out why the Pentagon calls him the X-Files guy. And what is the wormhole anyway? To find out, get your own tomato can and be ready for action, strange adventures, paranormal activity, and lots of cover models. In Codename Starman, the Kalashnikov Kiss by Mac Maloney. On sale now at Amazon and your local bookstore. We've all heard of Area 51 the U.S. government's top secret base in the Nevada desert. But have you ever heard of Area 52 or 53 or 54? 54? 54? How about Tonopar Test Range or the Navy's secret base inside the Bermuda Triangle? Find out about them and more in Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Did Richard Nixon show Jackie Gleason a crashed alien spaceship near the swamps of Florida? Is it true that more UFOs are seen over a small Scottish village than anywhere else in the world? And is there a secret place in Russia that some people think is heaven on earth? In Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, you'll visit more than a dozen top secret places around the globe. The haunted forests of New Jersey. A valley in Colorado where shadows come alive and humans can fly without wings. And where's the only secret base in America that's not been visited by UFOs? You've heard Mac talk all about these places on his radio show. Now you can read all about them yourself. That's Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Now on sale at Amazon. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks. I'll show here on the 
Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Uh, what a show we have for you tonight, girls. The very famous one one is here. Hello, Mac. Good show tonight. Yes. I love movie night. Yes, yes. It's turned into movie night, hasn't it? Um, also, uh, Switchblade Steve Ward down there in West Virginia. Switchy. <laughs> be careful how you smile when you say that, Mac. I am Great smiling. to be here. I am smiling. Uh, also uh, with us is, uh, let's see, just go around the room. Raven, our favorite good witch, Raven. Hello. Did you see your email today? Yeah, I yeah. emailed you back. Oh, you did? And okay. you never emailed me back. I was probably on my way here. <laughs> right. Probably get some publicity photos or something. Thank you. Anyway, also, um, the mysterious Ashley G is with us. Ashley. Hi. How are you enjoying yourself tonight? Can you just you can tell us tough love, yes and no? I just met some. I'm having a I'm having a blast. Really? Okay. Contribute All to right. the conversation. All right. Jason Hewitt is with us up from up in uh, BC, Columbia. Jason, how are you doing? Great, Mac. Thanks for having me on. Okay. What's the name of your new book? Please tell us. Uh, it's called Dying Light: An Investigation into Near Death Experiences. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you have been on the show before. Hang on. Let me just introduce uh, two more females, and then we let's talk about that for a while. Uh, also, uh, famous author Max Puller is with us. Oh, Mac and the gang, how's everyone? Everyone's good. You're good, Mark. How are you? I'm fantastic. Good to see you again. Black yeah, eyed, it's... black eyed kid is here. Hi, everybody. Are you glad to be back? <laughs> you better be back. Okay. Using that helium. Also, also, uh, <laughs> no, you can't do helium. You get high on that. Uh, Jim Franco. Of uh, Franco Literary Agency. Jim, how you doing? Howdy. I'm good. Okay. Good. We have to do a book promotion tonight, remember? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> have I introduced everyone? Is there anyone we haven't yep. introduced? Right. Everyone good? I, I can't, we're good. Yep. I can't tell anyone. club. Yes. Oh, club is, uh, he's already in Bye Bye Land in Ireland. So uh, anyway. Okay. I thought um, he, he, he had to get a Guinness. <laughs> He has to get a Guinness, is right. First of all, let me just ask Switch real quick. Switch, what you have for breakfast today? The skew, skew of the show. This morning, I had a heaping bowl of sugar frosted flakes. Yes, he's back in town, folks. Okay. Yes. You put sugar on those bad boys or just as is? No, you don't need that. You know, people do it, and I think I, I have uh, done it way in the past, but uh, you don't need any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2% milk. 2% milk. And hot black coffee. Right. Okay. You're not drinking Coke for breakfast yet? No, no, oh, I... Uh, that's, that's in your future, please. Okay. I'm glad to hear that Switchy is eating Frosted Flakes again because he's been a little bit down on the uh, <laughs> two biscuits and gravy thing, right? You come back up north now, wow. Well, you know, when in Rome, you got to, you know... Yes, yes, okay. Uh, also, so Jason, let's get back to your book for a second, okay? Now uh, that I've introduced okay. everyone. Okay, uh, the title again is... A dying Light, an Investigation into Near-Death Experiences. Mm-hmm. So so did you interview people who actually had NDEs, as they call them? Yeah, they, we interviewed, a. we talked to basically a good 15, 16 people. We cover everyone from people who've had near-death experiences to, like, we talked to some scientists to talk about what could be going on, and grief counselors. We tried to kind of do a, a mix. We even got a bit into past lives. Yes. Like with, with a couple people as well. So we tried to hit about... Every aspect that we could think of while putting the book together. Which which one, uh, after in completing the book, which one really stuck out in your mind as someone's you know tale of a near-death experience? Which one is really hits you right home? One that, yeah, the, the one that really, and it's kind of the one that started it all, is this one um, this one lady out of New York named Angela Artuso. And she she's sort of a fellow ghost hunter. And uh, she was telling us a story about when she 
all, well, she basically died in a car accident um, and she got T-boned and she was in the vehicle to wait for the paramedics to come. But instead of, you know, the tunnel of light that everybody talks about and going kind of into this big universal place, yes. there was a gentleman suddenly appeared in the car next to her who she referred to as a man in black. And he had like, you know, dressed all in black, porcelain white skin, black mm. eyes, and basically was there just holding her hand talking to her, telling her that she was going to be okay. And he stuck with her the whole time as the paramedics pulled her out of the vehicle, loaded her into an ambulance, took her to the hospital, rode there the whole time, told her like, no, don't go to sleep. You're going to be okay. And when she got to the hospital and they're kind of wheeling her, wheeling her out, he was gone. And when she asked later about the, the paramedics and the doctors, like, where did this, this guy go? They said, you were the only one in the ambulance other than the paramedics. He wasn't there with you at all. Wow. And that kind of was really, to me, it was quite a shocking, scary tale. Because it's the opposite of what you usually hear with these near-death experiences in the sure. tunnel and the light and the life review, et cetera. And the black guy, you know, right. the, 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 the guys who you always hear about in UFO stories, you know, the men in black. It sounds yeah, like yeah, it was very different, very different. But yeah. it was kind of the, the, the story that started it all. And from there, we started backtracking and finding other people who had these experiences and told their stories as well. But how about, the uh, you know, here comes the light one. I mean, does that happen to the majority of people? You see the light, then you see your grandmother type thing? Yeah, or, or it's the the one thing that was kind of interesting is like there's a lot of similarities uh, between the stories, like the tunnel of the light and the figure there, but they're also very subjective. So if you're very religious, people would see like Jesus. Other people would see a family member. That part aspect changed from story to story, which was kind of interesting as well. Mm -hmm. Is it is that psychologists, uh, you know, medical doctors give some kind of a reason for it? I've heard that it's just all your synapses dying. Exactly. That's exactly. We talked to a gentleman named Lawrence Ward, who, who's a neuroscientist up here in Canada. And he basically said, because these people aren't technically dead, death, death, real death is your body, like rigor mortis, your body's starting to decompose. Sure. So that's not happening. It's parts of their brain shutting down. And then because they're able to bring people back using medical science, they come back thinking they had this death experience when in fact it was their mind just kind of making it up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's the, uh, yeah, that's the downside of it. I mean, I would love to think that all these other stories you hear, uh, the actual thing you hear that long tunnel of light thing many you know for years from different cultures and stuff right or am i get that wrong no that's very true and it'd be interesting to sort of find someone who had a death experience or a near-death experience from say like the middle of africa or maybe they haven't heard those stories but so many people have heard about near-death experiences that you can kind of put together the pieces of the puzzle your brain will do that subconsciously yeah there's a way almost to protect you from what's happening wow wow yikes well good luck what's the name of the book again one more time uh, dying Light, an Investigation into Near-Death Experiences. Yeah, okay, and that's on Amazon, I'm assuming. Yep, on Amazon, available, and also through Beyond the Fray Publishing as well. Go ahead, Tim, go ahead. Uh, so, Mike, I have two questions. First of all, did you talk to anybody who wanted to have a near-death experience but hasn't? No, that, that we haven't. We're almost thinking of doing a second book because there's other aspects we can get into. Mm -hmm. like because that. There are movies and, and I think stories where people, you know, are really trying very hard to come as close to death as they possibly can, like flatliners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and the other question is, um, have you ever seen Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? Yes. There you go. That must have been what inspired you to do that book. <laughs> How could it not? How could it not? It's such it's a classic. classic. And the original title, which is Bill and Ted Go to Hell. Yeah, yeah that would have been awesome if they had not kept that. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's a movie I will see. Uh, so anyway, speaking about movies, um, Raven, you have two cursed movies, do you? 
I have two curse movies tonight that we can talk about. Uh-huh. Um, I can get my notes pulled up here. There we go. Um, so I always leave these a surprise because I like to tease you guys. Um, but the first one I'm talking about is The Exorcist. Mm. Uh, and this was directed by William Friedkin yep. and yep. released in 1973. Uh, the Exorcist caused quite the uproar. Moviegoers reportedly vomited and fainted while watching it, and one woman even broke her jaw after she passed out and fell over. Um, it's often considered one of the scariest movies of all time, uh, and according to cast and crew, filming was a nightmare. Uh, this movie is also said to be responsible for at least four deaths, so let's jump right in. This stars Linda Blair, Ellen Burstein, and Jason Miller. Uh, the Exorcist is uh, the story of a brutal possession. Uh, so when a demon named Pazuzu is released during an archaeological dig, 12-year-old Reagan, played by Linda Blair, uh, becomes its unwilling vessel. Chris, uh, Reagan's mother, played by Ellen Burstein, Burstein, yes, Burstein, uh, sorry, uh, calls in a priest, Damien Caress. Like I haven't watched this movie in a long time. So I'm like, how do I pronounce these? <laughs> uh, which was played by Jason Miller uh, for help. Uh, actor Jack McGowan, uh, who played the eccentric director Burke Dennings, died prior to the film's release uh, due to complications from influenza. Uh, reportedly, McGowan became ill during the London flu epidemic of 1973. So this was like right before everything was wrapped up. Vesikiel uh, Merlieros, who played Father Damien Karras's mother, also passed away before the film was released. Merlieros Merlieros had no prior acting experience and was cast after being spotted in a restaurant. Reportedly, she died of natural causes, which is, you know, she's pretty old anyways. That kind of makes sense. Well, wait, wasn't so, she the one in the film where he's he's trying to do the exorcism and he's seeing images of his mother sitting on the bed and then yeah. you see her. She's not actually there. I think maybe his mother is supposed to be have passed on within the context of the film. I'm not sure. Well, there's a part where he like goes to his apartment or uh, not his apartment because he would live in the church, but her apartment okay. and she's alive. So I, I think you're right in the, in the aspect of at some point we we're supposed to assume that she died, but they, they never really say it, but yes. Okay. Um, so along with two of the film's characters dying, uh, Linda Blair and Max von Cito, uh, who played father Marin also lost family members during filming. Obviously these deaths could all be purely coincidental, but it makes you wonder for sure. Um, there was also a devastating fire that caused delays to filming, uh, lasting almost an entire year. Uh, the family home of Reagan and Chris was destroyed after a bird flew into the circuit box. And eerily enough, Reagan's bedroom, where the exorcism eventually takes place, survived the fire. Uh, prior to shooting resuming, a real-life priest was brought in to bless the set. Blair and Burston both suffered back injuries during filming as well. Uh, Burston recalled in an interview that she was being hoisted up by the crew too quickly and too rough, uh, but her concerns were dismissed. So in the scene where she's thrown to the floor by Reagan, her screams are genuine uh, as she had sustained a serious injury, causing her to have to use crutches for the remainder of the film. 
Um, Blair actually fractured her lower spine in the scene where she's being thrown up and down off the bed. Um, her screams are 100% real uh, as she's literally broken her back at one point. Um, and that was the take that they used in the film. <laughs> Both actresses were assured, just so you guys know, they were assured by director William Friend. Fredrikan. Fredrikan. Okay, there we go. Uh, they were not injured, so they were fine. Um, after the film was released, it was absolute pandemonium. During a screening in Rome, uh, a church across the street from where the movie was playing was struck by lightning, and Linda Blair ended up needing around-the-clock uh, protection for six months because so many religious groups sent her death threats after they wrongfully assumed that the film promotes Satanism. Uh and finally, let's talk about a super terrifying extra, yes. Paul Bateson. Bateson played an extra in the scene where Reagan was at the hospital receiving a bunch of different tests. Um, the director wanted to make it feel as real as possible, so it was filmed using, an, using actual medical professionals. Bateson was working as an x-ray tech at the time and was cast as an extra. In 1979, he would be arrested for the murder of film critic Edison Verrill. Uh, while awaiting trial in Rikers Island, Bateson bragged that he would pick up gay men and kill them for fun, quote unquote. Uh, he described how six other bodies were found mutilated and nearly unrecognizable in the Hudson, making detectives believe that he was a serial killer. Unfortunately, uh, Bateson uh, was only ever convicted of one murder due to just lack of evidence from the, the other ones. Hmm. Um, and he was paroled after 24 years. But good news, he died in 2012. So, bye. Wow. Okay. And a fun fact about this movie, <laughs> the scene where Reagan projectile vomits yes. at Father Karras. There she goes now. Uh, only required one take. The vomit was intended to hit Jason Miller in the chest, but the plastic tubing misfired, uh, hitting him in the face. So his reaction of shock and disgust while wiping away the vomit is genuine. And Miller admitted in an interview that he was very angered by this. You mean to tell me that vomit wasn't real? The vomit was not real. Oh, I'm so man, sorry. I, looked I thought it. it was real. Yeah. I thought it was acne vomit. Be soup. Acne exactly. vomit. <laughs> Imagine doing that scene like 20 times, clean them up, do it again. Yeah, it's a creepy but, uh, movie. It's Raven, a creepy... I, I almost called you Reagan, but Raven, oh. I actually saw that film when it came out. And so I'm sitting there in the theater. It didn't so affect me at all, but I did go home and nail my bed to the floor. <laughs> you would have done that anyway, maybe. You don't know. Okay, so uh, Raven, you have another cursed movie? I have one more to talk about tonight, and it is The Crow. Uh, based on a comic book by the same name written by James O'Barr, uh, directed by Alex Proyas, uh, and starring Brandon Lee, Rochelle Davis, Michael Wincott, Sophia Shinas, and Michael Massey, and Ernie Hudson. Uh, and it was released in 1994. Um, Ernie Hudson. So I just want to start. Uh, people once believed that when someone dies, a crow carries their soul to the land of the dead. Uh, but sometimes something so bad happens that a terrible sadness is carried with it and the soul can't rest. Then sometimes, just sometimes, the crow can bring that soul back to put the wrong things right. Uh, and that was a quote from the opening monologue uh, by Sarah. So the film follows homicide victim, Eric Draven, played by Brandon Lee, uh, who's brought back to life by a supernatural crow. Lee, uh, whose character is plagued with grief and guilt, 
takes the anti-hero approach uh, in order to avenge his fiance's brutal murder. Um, and I just have to point this out because this bugs me every time I watch the film. He was buried barefoot and it just bugs me to no end. Hmm. I, I'm sorry. I just had to put that in there what? because it kills what? me. Why does that bother you? Uh, it's gross. Like he's okay. barefoot. Okay. Put some socks on him, you know? He won't need them. <laughs> just just put, put some socks on him. I don't know. Okay. All right. It just bugs me. So okay. that's that's my little my little soapbox. Um, but it did not take long for people to start calling the film cursed, uh, which seemed fitting considering the film's content and mood. Uh, it's very 90s from the soundtrack um, and the Excellent jungle soundtrack. lighting. Yeah, so brilliant good. soundtrack. Yep. So good. Um, according to Obar, he wrote the comics after a personal tragedy of his own. His fiance was actually killed by a drunk driver, which mm. prompted that uh, that anti-hero to, to be born. Um, so the first day on set, filmmakers uh, were greeted with a voicemail stating bad things would happen if they made the movie. This proved to be true almost immediately. Uh, shortly after filming began, an electrician accidentally backed his cherry picker into a power line and he was electrocuted and caught on fire. Uh, this man survived but suffered second and third degree burns and he had to have his ears removed. After that, oh. a hurricane uh, demolished the film's back set, which would not only delay filming, but also began circulating more rumors that the project was cursed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that brings us to, you know, the the main reason that people believe that The Crow is part of the cursed film family. Okay. In a scene where Brandon Lee uh, walks in on his fiance being raped and beaten by the gang of thugs, he's shot by Fun Boy, played by Michael Massey. Uh, with a prop gun at very close range. Sadly, the gun barrel had become jammed with a dummy round and no one noticed it. So when it was fired, it cleared the car- cartridge and it hit Lee. He was rushed to the hospital, but later died from his injuries. And he was only 28 years old. Mm. Um, because there were only eight days left of filming at this point, they pressed on and they rewrote a huge portion of the script, wow. cutting out some major scenes, they uh, had Lee's role uh, was finished by his stunt double, Chad Stahelski, mm. and with some very impressive camera work and early CGI effects, they were able to give the appearance that Lee was still acting in the film uh, after he was deceased. Wow. They did also have an option to use a mask that they had cast of Lee's face prior to his death, specifically for uh, the stunt scenes, but apparently it was way too upsetting um, and it ended up being destroyed. Wow. In my book, uh, The Crow is 10 out of 10. This is cursed. Yes. Um, and I have a fun fact, of uh, course. Uh-huh. Um, even though the movie is called The Crow, no crows are used. Wow. Um, all of them were ravens, uh, <laughs> which have much larger and more impressive beaks. Are you saying no crows were harmed during the making of that film? Oh, hired. I'm no crows and no ravens were harmed. Ravens are bigger, the and they have this really uh, annoying uh, squawk. Wow, you it's very obvious. I, yeah. I, I I actually watched it today because I I hadn't watched it in so long. Yes. I'm like I just need a refresher, and I was looking at it. I'm like this is very clearly a raven. Yeah, like sure. nobody, nobody know. questioned it. Well, if anybody's ever seen ravens, you, you see it right off the bat in that movie. Yeah, it, it looks. They like look me. better on camera. Probably they're bigger. Wow, huh? 
Okay, so listen. More menacing, too. We have, yeah, and, and probably a lot smarter, too. We have about 10 minutes to go. So um, shall we? Whoops, here's uh, someone calling now. Switch, do you want to uh, hold off on your report until next week? Yeah, I think we should we should hold off because uh, it's one of those areas that uh, we're all very familiar with, especially yeah. in your books, you know. Uh, yeah, so if I could just um, – thank you, Raven, for that report. Thank um, you. If I could just uh, real quickly off the top of my head, we have a book promotion coming up. And uh, that's why uh, Jim is joining us, one of the reasons. But basically, uh, Mac Maloney has a new book out called The God Satellite. Have you read it yet, Jim? No. Okay. A little tough love there. That's good. Um, <laughs> I like very much what I've read. It's, so it's, it's okay. It's fine. Uh, you know, it's exciting. It's, uh, yes, I'm glad to hear that. Anyway, so the publisher has been uh, nice enough to give us some free copies, free autograph copies, though they soon will be autographed. So I think probably the best way to do this is um, we have to go to the Magic Fishbowl. That's what we'll do. So if you can just send in an email, go to MacMaloney.com, hit the contact button, and just say, yeah, the God Satellite. Just uh, those words. We'll put your name in the Magic Fishbowl, and then sometime in the next few weeks, We'll pick out the winners. Okay, so go to MacMoney.com, uh, hit the contact button, just put the words, the God Satellite, God Satellite, whatever. Um, and um, your name will win the Magic Fishbowl. The God's Satellite? The God uh, Satellite, yes, yes. God. Okay. God. Yes, right. It, just, it does beg the question of, is it a God or is it a satellite? There you go. Thank you, Jim, <laughs> for getting the subtext. It does beg the question. <laughs> the uh, Getting the cover right almost took as long as writing the book, but. And, and and that cover was almost cursed. That's yes, right. Yeah, we'll see. The jury's still out on that one. But anyway, it's called the, the art director may be cursed. It, that's that could be true. They might have heard me cursing have to them. Hook, hook me up with them. Okay. Uh, yeah, Talk. they need the help. But I, I was just going to say they're going to also the publisher is also going to run a Goodreads promotion. Also available at W H Smith here in the U K. When you look up books, hmm. that's one of the first. It's like the uh, you know the Barnes and Noble of. Uh, the local area, oh, cool. not as big as Barnes and Noble, but uh, they do it. carry this book. Got to hear it. Uh, yep. So anyway, go to MacMillan.com, hit the contact button, just uh, go out satellite, and we'll put your name in the Magic Fishbowl, and you'll get a, um, if your name is picked, you'll get a free autographed copy. Now, Jason, you are a author as well, right? Yes, sir. It's a pain in the ass, isn't it? Isn't it just like drudgery? Oh, yeah, hardcore. Yes, good. Hardcore. Finally, someone. <laughs> just I, I got to write another one somehow by the end of the year, and I'm not quite sure how I'm going to pull that off because oh, I haven't cool. even started because I'm just so tired from the last one. Yeah, so. Yes. Boy, wow. I can relate by to the that. end of the year. Holy I'm moly. It's almost August. Just hearing that, like my anxiety just went, whoop. Mm. Yeah, I'm not this red because it's sunny and hot here. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It uh, always seems like a daunting task. It seems like you have to write a 500-page term paper or something, you know? Yeah, right. Oh, exactly. Mm. But Answering es essay questions every day of the week. Uh, I don't know how you guys do it. But we love it, Jim. Just one, of <laughs> just one record is right. saying that. Okay. Well, Especially when it's done. <laughs> what I hear from a lot of writers is why that, you know, somebody will, some interviewer will say, well, why do you write books? Yes. Yes. And a lot of people will say it's because there were Things that I've never seen that I really wanted to read and nobody else was writing them, so I wrote them. Hmm. Interesting. And Dean Kuntz is one of those people that, yeah, that at least claims he loves to write. He's no, I, 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 I am not surprised to hear that. Hmm. But, of course, he is wealthy, 
from his yes, wife. That's what I mean. Writers who are not wealthy. Who, but but he started out not being wealthy. I mean, he uh, I think he made a yeah. deal with his wife that he would do it for so many years, and if he wasn't successful, he'd actually get a real job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he had a real job while he was writing. The first twenty years of his writing career, he was a teacher. Really? Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. You know, he was writing and teaching, and he wrote all sorts of stuff. I mean, motorcycle gang books, mm. science fiction, westerns. That's and, right. And then finally, boom, it. He know? hit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like John Jakes was the same way. Yes. You know, John Jakes, you know, wrote all sorts of stuff, science fiction, fantasy and other stuff. And then he got really, really lucky with the Bicentennial. Right. He and wrote a lot of uh, kind of really pasties. Yeah. Wasn't like a, a count of uh, different uh, history of the Civil War and no, stuff it, like that. It, was, it wasn't the Civil War. It was it was originally a, a series of the Kent Family Chronicles. Mm-hmm. First book was it was. Uh, called the bastard which was a wow. calculated risk no one knew if that was going to work but he was very good i mean and historical fiction is what he always wanted to do yes and, and i have the dubious distinction of having edited the last book he wrote before that hmm. which was a a planet of the apes novelization cool. ah. escape, <laughs> I think it was escape from planet of the apes you dirty dirty ape <laughs> That's uh, cool. Could you do one of those things like uh, Need for Speed or something? Yes, I did uh, Need for Speed, um, the movie Need for Speed. Um, I, I did a uh, Hercules and a Xena <laughs> novelization. And it got to the point where the writers and the agents might appreciate this, where but I was working with, with remember Hercules and Xena were on? Yeah. Like, sure. Okay. And they were very popular. So yeah. they signed me to do. A, a YA book. Okay, so I'm using the characters from the TV show just written on a YA level, you know, young adult book, right. uh, which is kind of hard to do. But I turned it in. They say, no, we meant uh, we want them to be kids. Oh, oh God. <laughs> you know, and and if you don't rewrite it, you have to give back the money. Okay, this is universal. Oh, yeah, so I wrote it. By the time I get to the Xena thing, I, there's so many filthy double entendres in that kid's book. It should be <laughs> taken off the stand. I'm not kidding you. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Did but, you use your, your name or a pseudonym? It's um, Hunter Kennedy, Doreen's uh, last name. name or- no, Hunter Kennedy. So Doreen's last name and then Hawk Hunter. Uh-huh. Hunter Kennedy. Yep. And Hunter for Hunter Biden, I assume. Oh, there you go. <laughs> wow. Sorry. I couldn't resist. So I was going to say, though, in the few minutes we have left, so uh, we, we talk about how writing a book is such a pain in the neck, and uh, we also talked about scary movies tonight, but I'm, I'll just, in the few minutes we have left, how about scary TV shows? Like, I can think of two, three shows that scared me. First of all, Twilight Zone, because I watched that as a kid, and I, I love, talk about making yourself scared. I, I couldn't miss that on Friday nights. I was just a kid and just loved it, loved the way that they put it together. It was creepy. It was on after Zorro. The perfect storm, you know, love them, and even you can watch those as an adult, and you can see Rod Serling's kind of uh, hand behind a lot. A lot of them is good. <clears throat> the the I ex- got one. go ahead, go ahead, please. Uh, it, more, it was made you more paranoid than the X Files. Mm-hmm. A short-lived TV show called Nowhere Man, starring Bruce Greenwood. Really, um, okay. It's really obscure, mm-hmm. and it's it's great if you it's worth it if you can find the DVD. But he. Uh, He's a, a, uh, a photographer. He's taken a photograph of this uh, assassination in South America. Mm-hmm. And that they, this, they want the negatives. This is before digital photography, obviously. But they erase him. 
all of a sudden his wife doesn't recognize him. His lock has changed on his, in his door. Oh, cool. He, uh, I mean, just bizarre. And it gets into, it has a real science fiction element, but it is uh, so creative and it's, it's unfortunate it only lasted a season and a half. Yeah. Yes. But uh, Bruce, Bruce Greenwood was great in it. Yeah. Uh, X-Files scared me. The first couple of years of X-Files was yeah. kind of a scary, really kind of well done, you know, then they lost their way after the second year, it seems, but there were some of those episodes that were really creepy. Creepy is a better word for it. Just kind of creepy, yeah. you know, and kind of well done. But TV doesn't, you know what I mean? You're, you're, I think you're you're at more apt to get scared in a in a theater. I don't know why. Old fashioned, maybe. But movies are more scary. Movies are more scary than the, TV. What about that TV series, Evil? I was just going to say, Evil really? yeah, that's so a good. One too. good. Is yeah. It? That is up there uh, with, I don't know if you guys have watched it, but Monsterland. I think it's on Hulu, mm-hmm. and that's just like, and it's a, a, I can't think of the name, but every episode is different. Okay, um, yeah, episodic, yeah, cool. Yeah, um, but that one, and um, what's the other one? Skip me. Mm. Go, go ahead. Someone told me about The Boys today. I'm going to start watching them. Have you heard about The Boys? That show's so Love good. It. It's, it's, it's a corporation, corporation's own superheroes. They rent out superheroes. So listen, wait, I see Switch has put up the graphic of the train entering the station. So it's time to say goodnight. What a show we've had tonight. Very interesting. Let me first, very interesting. Very entertaining, too. Um, oh, very film schoolish. Very, you're the one who said that? Yeah. Um, do we get uh, grades or do we have to... Yes. Uh, do some homework. Juan, Juan, like please. We we all fail. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> we like Quentin Tarantino. You get the C minus. We do Steven like Qu- Spielberg movies. We fail. There's a general consensus here on the on the panel that uh, there are Quentin Tarantino fans all over the place. It, it doesn't make any difference. Uh, Pop tarts are bad for you. You don't eat them for breakfast, though. They say you should. <laughs> you guys missed one scary movie. Go ahead. The scariest movie I can think of is Mister Blanding's Builds His Dream House. Oh, that uh, who's in that? That's a scary movie. If you've ever owned a house, yeah, oh really? But it's not scary, very, scary, very scary movie. So, I'm going to thank Club, a security guy who had to jump early because he's um, over in Ireland. I would like to thank my literary agent, Jim Frankel. Please, let's give him a, another round of applause. Very good. Very oh, good. I'll hold thank off you. another email or two. Thank you, Jim. We'll be in touch soon. Uh, the God Satellite. Uh, send in your name. Uh, to, I mean, uh, go to macmoney.com, hit the contact button, put in uh, just give us an email that says the God Satellite. Your name will go into the Magic Fishbowl. We will pick three winners in a couple weeks. How's that sound, Jim? Okay. Sounds good. Sounds okay. good. Uh, thanks a lot, Jim, for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. How about those Mets, huh? How about those friggin' Yankees? Yeah. Yankees are not quite as uh, foolproof as they were a few weeks ago. Oh, I'm, I've turned into a Yankee fan. That's how good they are. Well, anyway, there's nothing else baseball-wise to watch in Boston. How about them Brewers? Yeah. 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 Nah, I was very uh... – yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, thank you, Jim, for joining us. I'm going to thank Jason Hewitt. Thank you very much for joining us. Jason, we appreciate it. Joining the crowd. The name of your book again, your latest book? Is Dying Light, an Investigation into Near-Death Experiences. And thanks for having me on, Mac. Mm, yeah, always interesting. Thanks for joining us. Ashley, the mysterious Ashley G. Thank you for joining us. Please, do you give us a grade, Ashley? Give you a grade? Yes, for the show tonight. <laughs> Be careful with this part. Yeah, now she has to think about it. I don't know if I can do it. Oh. Um, she wouldn't say A plus right away. What's the matter? 
I'm gonna. I, I mean, I had some differing opinions. <gasps> yes. So a minus. Oh, okay. All right. Are you seeing a minus? That's. I think that's my final answer. I'm oh. locking it in. Wow. Okay. All right. Thank you, Ashley G. The mysterious you. Ashley G. It took us a while to kind of get your name together. We were calling you about four different other things the first episode. The mysterious Ashley G. Mysterious Ashley G. And her dog. Uh, thanks for joining us. I want to thank famous author Mark Zapula. Mark, what is your, what's the latest book out there on the bookshelves for your fans? Uh, my latest is, uh, well, technically it's, it's the myth. It's a comedy. It's, it's something I just want to throw out there during, uh -huh. the, during COVID. Yes. Just to get people laughing, but um, you know, you get on uh, on Amazon, but um, yeah. uh, pr just prior to that was Miami Underground, yep. and uh, it was Great the last longshoreman. Last longshoreman, last longshoreman, and Miami Underground, both on Amazon. Miami Underground reads like a movie script. It's literally a movie script, and very, very kind of Boston. That, that book is fantastic. And Miami, and, and long last longshoreman, very uh, you know, uh, very uh, if you live in the Boston area, it kind of rings home. A lot of stuff. Kind of, kind of a history lesson, too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, very good. Uh, so thanks. Uh, thank you, a black-eyed kid. You have to go out and roam the streets now, right? Yeah. My shift's going to begin in about five minutes. There you go. Okay. We thought we'd have better material for you, kid, but it was a rush job, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Switchy. Thank you, Switchy. My appreciate it. Okay. Any idea what you're going to have for breakfast tomorrow? Can you give us a tease, as I say in the bit? Oh, it's not that exciting. I'll probably uh, have a uh, a protein bar and a cup of coffee. Don't say that. That's hey, listen. I, I'm I'm so busy. Uh, you know, it's man serious. about town. I, I got so many irons in the fire. Yeah. I just don't have time to pour out some frosted flakes. No. Okay. No. Okay. No, I don't. I can't hear the snap, crackle, pop anymore. There you go. That's uh, the problem. You know, I open the window and the wind is right yes. because the Ohio River. Blocks it out. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you have the memories. So, yes, I do. <laughs> thank you, Switchy. Thank you, Raven. Tonight, it's 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 the time of night. Set us part of all. So, good night to Raven. Thank you for joining us. Oh my God! Thank you for having me. Thanks for helping wrangle the show, as they say. I try. I appreciate it. Thanks thank for all the anecdotes. Yes. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad someone appreciates them. Finally, oh. thank you, Jim. Nobody else appreciates them. Well, I appreciate them. How do you? I love to hear you. JJ, thank you for joining us. It must be 2 o'clock in the morning over there, right? It's getting close to it, yeah. Really? It's okay. already tomorrow. Wow, there you go. Great name for, great name for a book. It's already tomorrow. It's very poetic. <laughs> mm. Thank you, JJ, for joining us. And I'm going to quickly, very quickly do the plugs, okay? Uh, homes for Troops is a, an organization that gives uh, the, builds homes for uh, disabled veterans from the Afghan uh, Iraqi war. Um, they come back with maybe missing a limb or whatever. They build these houses that are adaptable for them. Uh, very few stairs, low counter space, stuff like that. And then when it's built, uh, they tear up the mortgage. They give them the keys. They literally give them the house. Uh, they've already built about 390 of these things all across the country. It's something our government should be doing, but it's not. So we have to rely on organizations like Homes for Our Troops. 88 cents of every charity dollar goes to our veterans. Uh, they deserve it. They gave a lot, um, you know, for us. Homes for Our Troops, uh, Google them, see what they're about. Also, Ross Shop and his mad Englishman friends are putting together still a mosquito warplane from World War II when the British had very few resources. So they built warplanes out of wood, put two Rolls-Royce engines on this one, and it was so fast— 
You outran the bullets. And I ran the bullets. That's how fast. Can you believe okay. it? Uh, I, I'm going to ask you again. When are they going to finish this thing? Like I said before, I World know, War II like, wasn't you know, this long. The, the newsletters keep saying it's coming along, it's coming along, yeah. and uh, it's going to be featured in one of their uh, amazing air shows that they have around the country. Okay. Where are they holding their meetings? At some pub somewhere? Knowing Ross, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I'm not sure, but it's a... I thought it's one of their manufacturing facilities where they have the meetings. In quotes. Okay, you were going to check them out. to invite me to, I think, yes. one of them okay. soon. We'll find out. He'll send me the, ad, the the secret address, and I'll yeah take the train and get there. You'll need the secret handshake, if you know what I mean. Thank you, JJ. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, okay. loved every minute of it. Uh, if you want a bag of swag, go to macmaloney.com, hit the contact button, and we'll send you a bag of swag. Send us your mailing address, not your email address, your mailing address in the bag this month, uh, the um, 3D posters, 3D um, stickers, refrigerator magnets, which are big, um, also keychains, which I know Raven likes, and uh, the and several buttons and pins, but also everyone's favorite, the barcoses, which you can't keep them in stock. So just go to macmaloney.com, hit the contact button, say you want a bag of swag, and send us your mailing address, your postal address. We'll get it out to you right away. I think that's it, kids. Thanks very much for joining us, everybody, tonight. We had a gang, but I, uh, you know, I think everyone liked the discussion. Scary movies, different kind of movies. Let's do it again sometime. And um, this is Mac for the rest Let's of the game. Let's make this a regular feature, like once a month. Let's or do it next like week. Six weeks. Okay. Plenty so, scary movies. Let's get it together when the, we, get, we, we have a softball team here, as it turns out. Uh, so thank you, everyone out there listening to us. And this is Mac for the rest of the game. Until you hear us again, be safe, be happy, and bye bye.